What's up, everybody? Welcome to Divi Chat, the seven after podcast, as we are known from time to time. It happens to be eight after tonight, but guess what? We have reasons this time, and it's not my fault for once, which is lovely. It, like, we blame the earth and whoever decided that. Daylight savings time should be a thing. We are caught smack dab in the middle of this three weeks of chaos when it comes to scheduling things with our global organizations and chaos audiences and things like that. Things with our global... Eric, hit that mute button, my friend. He just jumped in. Eric doesn't even know what day it is right now because he (laughs) is caught in this matrix of where the time zones have changed for the United States, mostly... Except for in Arizona, which we have. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Here. Our friend Christina Romero is here and she didn't have a time change. So, and then Mike is in the UK. It's 9 p.m. there. It's usually 10 p.m. when we do the show. Eric's in Mexico City, but he's only a traveler there. So he's trying to figure out what time it is. If Sarah was here, she would tell you it's now eight o'clock instead of nine o'clock. Time so zones, you guys. It's nuts. It makes you just need a nap after trying to figure it all out. But, oh, and to top it all off, YouTube doesn't even have it figured out because YouTube had the wrong time for the UK. So anyway, if you are here listening live, we are so grateful and we're so proud of you for figuring all that out all by (laughs) yourselves. Thank you for showing up. Today, we are going to talk about buying and selling a web business. This may or may not be something that you are facing at this exact moment, but if it, if there's any possibility that this is something that could be on the horizon for you, even if it doesn't seem likely, uh, there's reasons why this still could relate to you. If you are in the market to buy or sell, you're in luck because we're going to have a lot of good experience and knowledge shared with us. Would you like to meet today's panel? Uh, you guys, we're going to start, we're going to go counterclockwise on the loop today. Mr. Mike Devitt, if you'd like to kick us off. Thanks, Stephanie. Uh, good evening, everyone, from wherever you are in the world. And if you made it here, thanks for joining us. Uh, my name is Mike Devitt, and this week the Oscars have been held in Los Angeles. And in celebration of all the usual acceptance speeches, my intro this week is going to be over 10 minutes long. <laughs> Just- <laughs> At Web Design Pro, we will hold your hands through the web design entire process. It will seem like we are everything, everywhere, all at once. And the last thing your website will be when it goes live is all quiet on the Western Front. You can find me at www.webdesignpro.co on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. All right. Okay, yeah, go ahead, Eric. that was great. That was great. Hey, everybody. Uh, Eric here. So sorry I'm late. Um, not not only with the time change, but I had to completely uninstall and reinstall my Chrome browser this week. Ooh. And so I, I everything's logged out. So I wasn't logged into StreamYard. And it was just a, a bit of a disaster here the last couple minutes. But I'm here now. Uh, As Stephanie said, yes, I am broadcasting from Mexico City. My family and I, we are full-time digital nomads traveling around the world. I own In Transit Studios. I actually purchased In Transit Studios, so very excited about this topic. 
I started my business, Coastal City Creative. Um, I still have that as a brand, but my primary brand now is In Transit Studios. Um, and we help local businesses get more customer activity by turning their digital brochure website into a marketing hub. Um, so that's what we do over at InTransitStudios.com. Um, but for all of you fellow web designers out there uh, looking to connect, you can do that at EricDingler.com. That's me. My name is Stephanie Hudson. I'm here repping Focus WP, as I do every single week, uh, where we can help you scale and grow your business by offering a full instant team that you can outsource to one little task at a time. And I would love it if you would also join our Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz, where we hang out every Thursday night in our weekly focus group and have a pretty good time. We learn some stuff. We share things. We laugh about nerdy stuff. You should come. And we've got our special guest here, Christina Romero. If you wouldn't mind giving the folks a little intro. Sure. I'm glad I wore my glasses today because I see it's the glasses club. Fit in. Um, (laughs) And fun fact, since Mike mentioned the Oscars, Fun fact, I have crashed in an awards red carpet and party before. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. there we go. It's actually really easy to do if you're wearing a very pretty ball gown and you pretend like you're supposed to be there. Uh, <laughs> own it, own it. Fun fact. Uh, I am the owner of WP Care Market, the place where we train web pros on how to establish recurring revenue in their business and uh, bring people together for community regarding care plans, recurring revenue, and everything like that. Ran a web agency for 11 years before I sold that in 2020. Uh, Created a series of workshops around that process with the person I sold with, which is, is, you know, if you're still talking to the person you sold to, then you know it was a really good process. (laughs) And you create workshops with them around it. So it's called buying and selling a web agency. So I'm so excited to talk about this today and uh, share with you some good stuff. But yes, everybody should know this, whether they're thinking of buying or selling at all, and I'll explain why. Yeah, so uh, Christina and I is a little bit of history. We've we've met each other in person, which is lovely. Uh, she is one of the founders, runners, co- what is the yeah, word? Yeah, founder, co-founders of the Recurring Creator Revenue Retreat. Retreat. I didn't mention that one. Recurring Revenue Retreat. We've talked about that on this show many times because I think it's one of my favorite, uh, no, I think it is one of my favorite conferences and I get something good out of it every single year. So we've had the opportunity to work together or meet together in person there a couple times. And um, also, uh, Christina, you have such an interesting history too because you were an actress for a while in a previous life. And yeah, then in you, a previous you, life. And then you have like a thousand kids and (laughs) you also, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but as I like to say, Christina Romero is our Lord and Savior preaching the gospel of the care plan from all the way back in the day. If you guys have a care plan right now, you don't know this, but she made that up. She started calling them that all the way back when, and I learned from you and that's how we ended up. What'd you say? I said, I'm not sure if I'm the originator, but I'll take it. Yeah, I normalize. I like to say normalize the conversation. So people were yeah, okay. calling it many different but things. I learned, and- yeah, I learned from you. I started doing it in my business. I met Tom Jensen. He and I partnered up and created Focus RVP to offer white label care plans. It's then grown into what it is now, but that's sort of where it started. So anyway, I'll stop kissing your butt any minute now but um we're super glad to have you here 
The reason yeah. we're you're here today, though, even though we just like to hang out with you, is to talk about buying and selling a business. One thing I want to say before we dive into like the here's and nows of it is if you haven't already put the book Built to Sell on your list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because even when I have been in a place where I thought, oh, I would never want to sell my agency. It's my baby or, you know, or whatever reason you have. I read that book. It was recommended to me and it completely changed my view of things because you start to see that similar, like, it's kind of like how we talk about accessibility. Like if you build your website for people with disabilities, it'll be better for everybody who visits your website. If you grow your business, with the thought of potentially selling it, it's going to be better for everybody and for you. So definitely put that on That's your list exactly if you right. haven't already. And then, yeah. so we'll just say that. And then we'll skip forward to like, let's pretend that this is on your radar. I have never thought about buying an agency. I have thought about selling mine. Eric has purchased one. Mike, I don't know. Have you ever considered any of these potential options? Um, I've, I thought about it as... Um, a potential buyer uh, when I was looking for, when I was early on looking for clients. So you sit there and you think, okay, what's the best way of, you know, getting more clients into the business, going out and potentially buying, but not selling yet. No. (laughs) No. Well, that brings up a great point. Why would somebody buy? I mean, it's kind of easier to think about why you might sell. Maybe you want to retire. Not really. Maybe you want to switch. Both are very complex uh, and have multi facets. 100%. Share some share some use cases or some scenarios wherein someone might consider one of these moves. Okay. Well, I often see people looking to buy when they have established such good processes in their business and they're handling their clients very smoothly with like website care plans and different optimized <laughs> services, SEO, different things like that. Um, and they realize if they acquire a book of business, they could just put them and feed them right into that process. So they don't have to work about like, by the way, there's a little background. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little background. Is that you or Eric? Hard to hear I'm to it out. It's not me. <laughs> Eric, that's you, I think. I can hear you. Uh, Eric's a nomad with his whole family. They're all I know. close by. It's usually my family in the background. So I can <laughs> perfectly oh, I'm like. Literally just stalking him to say like, is that you or her kid? <laughs> Normally my children, but I'd put them all at play dates today, except for that little one that came in earlier, which may show up again. So, so I deal with, I talk with web agencies all the time and I have um, seen the most driving forces realizing you can absorb a book of business pretty quickly and increase your uh, revenue with that move. They don't have to educate clients. They don't have to do projects with those clients. You can kind of just absorb it. Um, a lot of them will, <laughs> funny enough, most of the situations in which it happens so kind of naturally without someone looking is that they've been working with a colleague or they're working with someone else. They have relationships and that person for some reason is getting like a full-time job somewhere. They can't do it as a side gig. And they're like, hey, do you want to take my book of business? So that's what I see more often rather than someone being like, let me go out and search the websites for like Flippa or buy biz sell and find someone who's selling their web agency. It's mostly in our space, like small web agencies, they're doing it through colleagues. They're doing it through conversation. Um, every now and then a Facebook post will come out. I feel sorry for that person. I'm like, oh, you're going to get a, you know, flooded with people who want to buy your business. I see your DMs. Yeah. yeah. So selling is not like, uh, like I just can't do this anymore. I mean, that's kind of what you think like people sell. Cause they're like, I just can't, I can't handle this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Typically 
a lot of people who are selling are either one going to a full-time position. They've gotten a great deal somewhere else where they can kind of get full-time, full-time benefits and they don't have to run that business anymore. And even doing it as a side gig just doesn't make sense. It's optimized, has great value. They might as well sell it. The other reason is they have been building a second business on the side. So that was my case. I had been building my training program on the side I was kind of straddling two horses. I couldn't grow both. My business had value. So I thought I might as well sell it now than me kind of neglecting it for two years and that value decreasing. So that was the reason for that. Um, there are certainly people who are burnt out, can't do it anymore, do sell it. But I figured that those two former scenarios are typically what we see. Um, and like I said, when anyone's like, oh, I want to do this, where can I find someone actually getting connected in communities? going to events, talking with people, having authentic relationships is usually where you will find these opportunities when they come up. Yeah, I've got yeah. at least three or four friends that are like if, always on the lookout for people that are selling. To buy or to sell? Oh, for people who are selling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting you said it because that's kind of the experience that um, Josh uh, and I had. So Josh Hall um founded in transit studios and owned it, but then his Josh Hall coaching business was taking off and he, you know, had built that up and it had got to the point that was like, he, he couldn't do both any longer. And Josh was, um, and is fanatical about client care and stuff like that. And that side of things was starting to fall off or was getting close to getting ready to start falling off on the web design side. And that's why he decided to find someone to sell. So yeah. That's, yeah. that's where I'll be. That's like, if, if that happens, if I, if, when I do end up selling, um, it's the same reason. Cause I'm running an agency and running focus WP. I, I, mine is a slightly unique scenario because the business I'm building with focus WP, I can outsource to, like, it's my team and we outsource. So it's like, I can sort of run my agency with, fo you know, like using focus. So, so I think I could poss possibly last a little longer than, than some folks could on the straddling. And I like it because it keeps me in touch with the audience and things like that. Absolutely. So, it's true. Mm -hmm. So you, you sold your agency to Johnny Flash. Yeah. And how did you guys, let's just go through the process maybe. How did it okay. start? Yeah, great. So funny enough, you mentioned a book because uh, I ended up writing a book. It's coming out in next week. Um, I got oh, I got to download the two free chapters. Oh, you're the best. So it's called The Revenue Relationship. And it talks about kind of what Eric was talking about, where you actually value your client relationships. And you build such a good rapport with your clients that your care plans for them, you're optimizing them, you're kind of paying attention, helping them evolve their business with their website presence. I mean, that's where I was in my agency. So I was very involved. Like I really cared very deeply about my clients that it was probably built over time that I was like, I'm losing the attention on my clients and I don't know how long I can do this. Um, so I had built up a pretty good process for how we did things. I kept it very organized. I had an air table. I mean, I taught the process, right? And so I created training about it, about how to do it. So it was, it was pretty clean. And I knew I wanted to sell it to someone who I could trust would take those client relationships and do my process with them. Uh, so I kind of had a couple people in mind. I didn't put it out on blast. I messaged about 
I think I talked to four people briefly about, would this be something you'd be interested in? Um, so John's always like, when you said that, were you just thinking of me? <laughs> so I don't think he knows that I was talking to like three other people, but uh -huh. I didn't want to have like three, no, it's true, but I didn't want to have three other people. You're you seeing it, other right? buyers. So I didn't want like four people to duke it out. I just didn't think that was very fair. So I kind of narrowed it down to two and had them submit a kind of a, an estimate or kind of a, a pitch, if you will, about pricing <laughs> based on information that I gave them. So I gave them who was the second person. I've never told who the second person was. <laughs> I'll tell you off in the chat. I will tell you off in the chat. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, and they just had two completely different approaches to how, what they wanted to do or why they were doing it. So um, it wasn't even like a, about a price, like it was a whole bunch of different factors. So I had given them information about my business, had them sign, I believe I had them sign a kind of NDA or something to look at all my numbers. And I had it, Oh, what I did is I actually duplicated my Airtable. I changed everybody's name to client A, client B, client C, website A, website B, oh. website C. I did. And I gave them that. So they had no information about the actual site. I hid the field with the website. So they had all the information. They just didn't have any idea who it was. Uh, and so that they could give me kind of a, and I, and I gave a breakdown of what other value there was in the business. So they could kind of give me a rough estimate. And then in my mind, I had an idea of how much I wanted it to be. And how much I wanted to get out of this transaction. They mm -hmm. were they weren't far off from each other, but um, but anyway, with Johnny's approach and what Johnny was planning to do with his agency, I was like, this is a good fit. And uh, we literally started having this conversation before COVID hit. So when COVID hit, and I had to be home with my four children, homeschooling them, I was like, well, that was perfect timing. Yeah. So it was good because it wasn't like COVID hit. And then I was like, here, buy my agency. It was very right. smooth. I mean, <laughs> it was like, good, you know, yeah. wasn't like I was desperate or anything. We'd already had the conversations. But so, the process of the, actually going through it, though, is like a whole thing. Yeah, it's not for the faint of heart, right? So guys in the chat, take a guess. Do you have any ballpark ideas about how much you would value an agency at? Don't not dollar amounts, but how would you go about figuring that out? Yes. Have you thought about this before? Now, um, we are in a little bit of a delay. So it's going to take them a second to get into the chat. But my understanding is that it's okay. Our first answer is come in. And it is Sean Callahan says not a clue. It's no idea. <laughs> Which is common, right? Especially if you haven't thought about this yet. Um, well, and then somebody is saying depends on how much... It generates, right? Sure. But how do you calculate that? So my understanding, and um, Christina, tell me if I'm wrong. Frederick here says 2.5x on the ARR. That's what I was thinking, like two and a half to three times your recurring, your recurring revenue. Yeah. Is it, okay. So just on valuation. So, so go yeah. ahead, Christina. Okay. You're like, so no. I, <laughs> I'm like, here we go. This is like, how much time do we have? Because we only have like 33 minutes left. So I get into this a little bit with the workshops that Johnny and I recorded. I give a ballpark of how you can create your own formula because it's really dependent upon your business, where the value is, how much you think it's worth, how much the person buying it thinks it's worth, right? So yes, I remember- Let me interject. If this yeah. is a course that she, she's turned those into a course. Oh, yes. And right. Stick around. There may or may not be a little discount. 
Yes, that's discount. right. That's be true. That is correct. So stay to the end. Um, <laughs> I sat down my husband who works for a billion dollar company and I said, Dan, you know, how much do you think my agency is worth? And he looked at me without skipping a beat and said, however much someone's going to pay for it. That's the answer. Which is like, it's however a, much yeah, someone's that's, gonna pay that's for it. an annoying it. answer. Did you roll yeah, your eyes? Like nothing's ever worth what you think it is. It's worth what someone pays for it. So there's a couple levers that we can pull to kind of gauge an idea of how much someone will pay for it. The first no brainer mm -hmm. is the recurring revenue in the agency. So as an agency, you, you know, made $200,000 building websites the year before. That doesn't matter to the person buying the company because they didn't get any piece of that. The websites are done and the person's sitting there, right? But if you have all of those clients or some of those clients on a recurring revenue plan of like a website care plan, search engine optimization plans, whatever they are, those are like almost like contracts for continued service. And so you're selling the contracts in many ways. You're not even selling the monthly recurring revenue. You're, you're selling the contracts because you could get all those guys and they could cancel one month in, right? So, yeah. so it's, it's a contract. Um, and so there's that, there's that value. Um, if it's only recurring revenue and that's all you're valuing it at, you kind of have to say, well, how much is this person going to not make a dime off of my agency? Right? Because <laughs> like, if you say you're going to buy my agency for two years worth of our monthly recurring revenue, that means they're going to service those clients for two years and not make a single dime for free. For free, yeah, right? That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, maybe they don't care because you never sold search engine optimization. You never sold Google analytics or advertising. You never sold, you know, pay per clicks. You never sold any of that. Um, and, and, and there's proof that there's opportunity there. So you're going to just know, well, whatever the risk there is, we can sell this to them and then take over improving, you know, the websites and whatever make. So there's a, a risk there with the person, one, having to believe that these clients are not going to cancel their contracts the second they absorb your agency, and two, that they're going to make their money back. So if you don't, uh, if you just sell it for recurring revenue for two years worth of recurring revenue, they're not going to make any revenue for the first two years, right? And then they got to start to make it back. Because they've already done the expenses. They've paid for the time it takes to update. They've paid for the time it takes to do anything that you've included in your website care plan. Yeah. So it's a really good question. Plus their plus time, their time in dealing with the contracts and everything Absolutely. around dealing with you. Yeah. So there is, there's more than just recurring revenue in the company. And this potential of really great clients. You can prove the potential of really great clients. You can showcase marketing budgets. You can showcase a lot of low-hanging fruit of things that haven't been taken advantage of. You could take your 10% of that upper crust of clients that actually request the most things and kind of prove that there is at least, you know, 10 to 20, $30,000 worth of work laying there ready to be taken advantage of, right? So there's, there's that. Then there's also the value behind your talent on your team. So if you have people working for you, that is also an asset. They don't have to go out. They don't have to train them. They don't have to find someone to know the processes. That's already part of the packet. So you can include that in your valuation as well. Uh, if you have processes and if you have uh, SOPs and if you have things already set up, that is also an asset. They don't have to do that. So they can 
pull that in as well. Um, so there's different things like that. It, <laughs> I did get to the point where I was like, let me pull up all the contracts I have with my clients because here I'm selling the the business, right? I want to make sure I am like legally being able to say they've contracted me to do website care. This is why proposals are so important that you have them sign proposals that you work this language in to your proposal or into your care plan contract that should you ever transfer it to someone else that that contract continues with that person. Um, all of those different things. Is that in monster contract? Call Nathan. It's, it's, it's not. not. Uh-uh. It wasn't even in mine. <laughs> Nathan Ingram on the phone. It wasn't even mine. Um, luckily, everything went really smoothly. I think he may have lost one or two clients, but really he was already assuming there'd be some type of attrition rate. So, um, so yeah, so there's a lot of different leverage you can pull to find value in it. Looking at the recurring revenue is a great way to kind of get a figure in your head. It's just, it's a conversation with how long are they going to go without making any money? So, um, you know, they're going to buy it. So they, they're, they're in, they're investing. What kind of thing are they getting out of it? If you have invested a lot of time in organic SEO to bring people into your website and your agency, that means nothing. If they're acquiring the book of business of just the clients, that means nothing to them. So you want to find a buyer, if that's the case, that actually wants to take over the web agency name, the brand, right? Because there's value in the brand. It has a web presence. It has, you know, trust pilot reviews. It has Google reviews. It has all of these things. It has SEO all over, these blog posts all over. You've invested so much time. You need a buyer that wants that. I didn't want Johnny to take that. I didn't want him to take that name. And so that was part of that discussion, right? Because I. What was the name of your agency? KR Media and Designs. And it was in a lot That's... of places in, in online because I was doing and teaching and training with it. So mm -hmm. there had to be an agreement there that he really wasn't going to use it as a brand because I wanted to still be able to. I, there's a longer discussion there. But so you have to think about that, too. If, if they're their mm -hmm. own agency and they just want to boost the revenue of their existing agency, that's not going to have any value. Right. That's interesting. So I'd some like of the to... things, sorry, sorry, Steph, go. No, no, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say that um, one of the things I thought um, with, um, if, if you're going to sell your own business or, you know, if, even if you're thinking about buying, what's the first thing you're going to do is that you're going to go and look at that site through perhaps, uh, how they rank for their keywords in their sort of local area, their backlinks to their website. So what the, the what the trust, you talk about trust signals, you know, those trust signals that are coming through, even through how many reviews that they've got, you know, these are all really also great selling points, aren't they? Um, yeah. But it's really easy to, uh, if you're um, in that situation where you're knee deep in your business and you've let that go a little bit and you've not really kept up with it, you want to sort of think about if you're going to sell your business to think about it well in advance so that you're you're going back over these things and sort of getting your house in order, if you like, yeah. just making sure that you, you know, that you pay a bit more attention to your SEO if you've dropped from, say, position two to position five, because those percentage, those percentage differences are the difference between somebody coming in and looking at your business and going, ah, look, you know, they're, they're number one or number two for that for that right. keyword set, say, web design insert name of place 
and uh, and then you've got that you know that's another good selling point so the latest that's a great point and the latest uh survey from the admin bars website agency said that almost 80 percent of web agencies get their new projects and leads from referrals that they're not getting it through so right so most people don't have that set up and so you can't value a sales machine you can't value that hey i did 100k in projects and um and that's got to be part of the evaluation because if you take over my business you'll you'll do 100k next year the only way you can prove that is if you actually have a sales machine set up and you say see look we have 100 leads come in through organic seo we convert 50% of those leads, every average project is 5K, so on and so forth. So if you can prove that, then project revenue or projected project revenue can become a part of that valuation. If you're, and, and I was one who got all my leads through referrals. I, I wasn't, I didn't run my business that way because it was put mostly run in part-time hours because I was like a full-time mom, right? So I didn't want all that business. So that was never a part of my evaluation, a sales machine of any sort. I, I could never prove that people, nor were they coming organically through those types of efforts and converting to projects. They were coming from referrals. So I had to instead go, these are my top refers. And this is how much they've referred over the last three years. This is what we can kind of expect could come from, this group. And at that point, that price is probably not going to be in my initial buyout price. That's probably going to be a commission, right? That's probably going to be worked in as I think these referrals are going to come through in the next few years. I'm going to want a commission of that because I don't have a sales machine in which I can predict how much is coming in. So instead, let's do a, let's do a commission base for that piece. Interesting. Eric, I'm, I'd like to sort of pause here before we get into like the nitty gritty of, cause again, this is only a one hour thing and we've got to cover a lot of pieces of it. And so before we get into sort of some of, some of the picture of like contracts and the, like those kind of scary bits, Eric, I'd love to hear your experience on the flip side of this, which was when you and Josh started the conversation, were you actively looking or did he approach you or how, how did that all come to be? Yeah. So, uh, I was not actively looking. Um, I was in Josh's courses. I had taken, you know, some of his courses and he had just launched a new course. I don't remember what course it was. And so, um, he had sent me an email and said, Hey, I was going to know if we could jump on a call next week. And I was like, yeah, sure. And a hundred percent expecting it to be him trying to get me to buy his course. It's, it's exactly why I thought he he had messaged me. I thought this was part of the sales process, but I had been binge listening to Divi chat and I had taken some courses and I thought, eh, if nothing else, it's just a cool opportunity to talk to this guy that I, that I respect and admire and here on Divi chat and I've taken some of his courses. So I'm, that'd be kind of cool. And so we, we get on the phone and uh, we just, we have some small talk and he, and uh, he asked a, a couple questions that I thought was a little weird. Um, and then he goes, well, he goes, let me tell you the reason I'm calling. Um, uh, this is very secret. You know, I'm going to ask that you don't share this with anybody. He's like, but, um, I've decided to sell my web design business, um, because things are going so well over here and, um, you're the person I would like to buy it if you would be interested. And I was just dumbfounded. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I said, well, let me, let me think about it and, and pray about it and talk to my wife. And so um, 
and we had no desire to go into debt. Um, we had just worked the Dave Ramsey plan and, you know, we had to eliminate stuff. And I, I, I didn't want to go into debt. Um, and Josh and I were both just on, like, we didn't really know how to uh, value the business. Now he gave me a number in, in mind that he had in mind. Um, and so I, you know, my, you know, Marissa and I talked about it and I thought about it and prayed about it. And I finally decided to, to put out a, a lamb's wool to use some old Testament language. Um, and uh, so the next week we had on the call and I made a, an, an offer and it was a ridiculous offer. And I told Marissa, I was like, nobody will ever say yes to this. Um, and so if he says yes to it, then it's meant to be. And so I laid out this ridiculous offer. And at the end, he went, yeah, great, let's do it. Um, and so then we did awesome. and we went and it's and it's been great. And and it's interesting hearing this conversation, like uh, the number that Josh had in mind was based upon a lot of like, you know, well, I've been building this much in websites and stuff like that. But when I looked at the the monthly recurring average, like it at that time, and it and it's still fine, you know, Josh's care plan was $69 a month. Well, I wanted to, my goal was to build a business that was able to donate a million dollars a year to help um orphans get into a forever family. Like that's mm-hmm. my my wife and I's goal with this. Um, well, at $69 a year, just to have a million dollar agency, you need 1,200 clients on recurring revenue. Anybody want to take care of 1,200 maintenance clients? <laughs> maybe Seth um, Maybe we'll Seth yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But if you can get clients paying you $5,000 a month, you need 17 clients and you have a million dollar a year mm-hmm. agency. Well, I can scale that up to a big enough then where I've got a million dollars uh, profit. Um, and so I, I just believe that there was potential there because he had this book of clients that were only on maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I bought the agency and, and, and stuff like that, that's when I really started getting into how can I increase that monthly recurring revenue, um, you know, month over month and get more wallet share from, from each client. So that is where some, I think some of the greatest potential is like, if I, if I was going to buy an eight, which I'm, I'm always up, open, I, I've looked at a couple, you know, web design businesses um, since I bought and transit people have reached out and they're just what they think they have, they don't have. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I look at the clients that they do have. And if there's potential there for them to sign up for additional services, then um, there's the potential to, to really make something nice out of buying a small book of business. Eric, are you a gambler? No. I mean, I know you're fun. you're a pastor. So well, not because I just bad. But like, are you a gambler? No. The gambler type, probably not, huh? I just no. feel like there would be. So I'm very much- risk adverse, and it sounds like Eric is too. I don't think this is a risky thing. It's my not wife, a risky thing. My wife is very risk adverse. <laughs> I'm very risk adverse. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you though when I when you've been running an agency, like you understand your numbers, so it's very easy to look at another business and understand their numbers. And like Eric said, make a educated offer based on what you see and what you think you can do with it. And ideally, the idea of of buying it for a low amount and then grossing a higher amount from it comes from what he said there, the low-hanging fruit of something they're not doing, something they're not taking advantage of. And they're maybe not doing it because their mindset is somewhere else. Like they're 
you, their attention is somewhere else. And now, that's where I was too. The ridiculous offer part of it was, um, I told Josh, I'll buy it, but you have to be the bank to, that finances it. You know, so we, we mm -hmm. worked out a 10 year term um, and it's based solely on percentage of profit. Um, Josh does maintain a small percentage ownership of it. And because of that, he still has access into all. Yeah, Josh isn't and doesn't want like he zero involvement day to day kind of stuff. But he likes to see what's working and we make adjustments mm -hmm. like him and I meet about that stuff because now he's able to go out in his courses and say, you know, my CEO, Eric of Intransit Studios, my web design agency. Because he's there and he is seeing this is what's working mm -hmm. right now. This isn't what's working. So we made that kind of, of partnership um, and he maintains a, um, a small percentage ownership um, to help with to, mm -hmm. so for that. So, um, but that was the ridiculous part. I just said, I, I can't come up with six figure check and write you a check next week. But if you're willing to take the gamble and finance and, you know, on these terms, and that's what he said yes to. And that's, mm -hmm. I did not. That's interesting because you, yeah. you, normally the risk is on the buyer and you kind of flip the script on him. Yeah. And I even have a clause exactly. in there that if, if the monthly revenue is below a certain amount, I, I owe nothing for that month um, because I wasn't going to put my family, like, this is how much money we need as a family. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and yeah, so that's where I was like, it was kind of, a, and we've never had that. Each quarter, I'm able to send Josh an email and say, hey, invoice me for this much. And, and each quarter, it, it's, it's bigger. And so, um, so yeah, so it's, it's worked out real well. But that was the ridiculous part where I was like, no way he's going to go for this. And he did. <laughs> I love Josh. <laughs> and there's a lot to be thought of in that scenario, too, which I know you're going to pivot to, Steph, in terms of like legally entity, employees, owners, you know, contracts of yeah. all natures, you know, what all I, of these things. What I'd love to talk about now for the next five, 10 minutes is how, like some of the different types of structures. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, not just the contract, the legality of it, but like, like with Eric, like he's making monthly payments or you might've, you talked about having a lump sum and commission off of certain things. So right. if either of you have experience with those, I'd love to hear some of those kind of potential setups? So I'd say the simplest one with a couple people who've been my students who've done this, they've had situations in which it was a failing web agency and the business was low care plans, not much else. And the person was burnt out, ready to go kind of thing and wanted nothing to do with it. So it, it's a buyout lump sum. Here's some money. I'll take care of it. And in a lot of those situations, they lose quite a few of those clients, right? Um, probably in, like in both those situations of people I've talked to, they did end up making money. It was a good decision for them. But in those situations, you know, that person doesn't have much of a good relationship with their clients, kind of like burning out and you're taking over. So those are those buyout situations, I think, you know, um, mm -hmm. then there's the buyout with a commission structure. So you're still not a part of the company at all. Like you're, you're walking away, they're taking the so what I did is I um we had an agreement that I would shut down my name like care media and designs right and he would redirect or he would have a sign on my site that said it's now Johnny Flash and so I had to create a new LLC name did I create a whole new LLC or just I think I was able to change my name 
um, showed him as part, like showed him that, right? So I was stepping away. I was stepping back. That was part of the agreement. And there was a buyout and a commission structure, buyout amount, commission structure over a period of time, depending upon referral commission and new lead commission. So, and that happened over a series of, you know, depending upon who it was and for how long. So um, that was me stepping back. And then those are take, (laughs) those take a lawyer. You have to have a good solid contract. And so John and I found a fantastic lawyer. Um, We paid about three grand for the contract. We split that money between us. He paid 1500, I paid 1500. We include that contract in my course, buying and selling a small web agency. And I tell everybody, like, I don't care if you watch any of the videos, like literally just buy it for the contract because it's so good. And so if you're looking for that kind of structure, that contract is for that kind of structure. And, um, and then there's situations in which I would say is like Eric's situation in which the person kind of retains ownership a little bit and you kind of become the CEO of this new company and you take over their, like I was saying about like, you're not stepping back and they're absorbing your stuff. Like you're taking over their business and you'll find that a lot. If you go to buy biz sell is a big marketplace where people can find these types of situations. Typically those uh, sellers are looking for that kind of situation. They've been the CEO. They don't want to be the CEO, but the idea of hiring a CEO, like it just, it financially doesn't make sense. So they'd rather have someone come in and absorb the business kind of like a new owner um, and their co-owner in that sense, but they have nothing to do with business. They get a piece of the profits and it kind of runs, the team is there, everything, that kind of thing. So, I mean, it sounds very similar to Eric's situation. And in that case, I would imagine the legal structure might be, is it, would you say it's complicated, Eric? Or would you say, how did you work uh, that out? No, it's very simple. Uh, so uh, as part of our memorandum of, of understanding, um, and, and Josh, and a lot of this is built on faith and, and you probably may would, you probably want to maybe recommend not to do this, but um, <laughs> legally I own a hundred percent of the business. I own, it's a, it's a S corporation i own 100 well my i own 50 percent. my wife owns 50 percent um uh but we own a hundred percent but we have agreed to uh treat josh as a uh percentage owner when it comes to shareholder distribution um and we do that for a lot of tax reasons um we didn't use an account or a, an, an attorney as much as we did an accountant <laughs> yeah so yeah. um so that's checking with like your CPA about yeah, like yeah. how so, do you pay him out? Yeah. Yeah. So we, so that's, so legally it's very, the structure is very simple. I, you know, my wife and we own hundred percent of the, the company, but we maintain a memorandum of understanding um, with Josh um, to set him up with this, you know. Uh, so is he paid person. as a contractor? Is that the idea? Is he like paid like a 1099 like contractor? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So rather he, than he invoices, owner who's taking owner withdrawals. Yeah. Rather he, than... Exactly. He invoices me for coaching and consulting ah, um, yeah. services um, okay. because he still does. And oh, yeah. there's like every once in a while, I'll still ask him a question of like, we just had that like just uh, a month ago, somebody reached out on a website that I didn't build, but Josh did. And 
Um, this, they hired, you know, they hired somebody to redesign the site and they hate it. So they wanted to come back and get Josh to, to do it again. So I was able to say, Hey, do you know this person? And he was able mm-hmm. to give me the, the rundown. So he is still there to do, you know, coaching and consulting. I can send him text message, stuff like that. So we still work along well. So it is kind of a unique situation, but, yeah. um, that that's how we had set it up. We, we really did it on relationship capital. Yeah. So similarly, my commission is paid out like a 1099, um, but the buyout had to be very legal. It had to, it had its own tax filing type of thing. It was, it had places in there. (laughs) I don't even know the form numbers for it. And that was advice from the CPA, that sort of thing. So take this amount, do it as this, he'll, his CPA will file this form, we'll file this form. And then yeah. let's and take we, all of the other commission and he'll pay you as 1099. Yeah. And we, we did have to do that because there was a, a legal structure change. And then what we did is we, uh, and I forget exactly how, but in transit studios became a DBA because I was registered in mm. uh, Virginia and right. he was in, in Ohio. So what we did same. is we, yeah. So we did the same we kept my corporation, Coastal City Creative. So Coastal City Creative technically is yeah. the, the company in Transit Studios is a DBA now. This is a good transparency for everyone. So to like put it in another frame, John was in Virginia. I was in Maryland. The idea of me shutting it down and him starting something, it just made no sense. So it's exactly yeah. like Eric. You can file a DBA because they're in another state. They can file a DBA, do business as that name you're acquiring. And, um, and you can just keep going. I, I thought that's what you would have, that you're doing, yeah. Eric. That's, yeah. that's we thought, we we thought daylight savings time was complicated. <laughs> <laughs> DBA stands for doing business as, I should say, this is true. Uh-huh. We're talking like U.S. language here. So true. in the U.S., DBA is doing business as where you can give another name for your business, right? So my business is Romero Media, but I do business as WP Care Market when I'm doing WP Care Market. So mm-hmm. it's a nice way to kind of have a business name, have a bank account with the business name, that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. within the contract, do you set up a no compete uh, in there? Great question. So good... I'll let Eric answer first and then I'll <laughs> Yes, yes. Josh, because I, I didn't want Josh changing his mind and in, in, mm. in six months in, and then you know contact contacting everybody else. So yeah, um, yeah, you you should more have than, sure. more than changing your mind. Like I, I'm thinking of myself in this situation. If I like, you know, Eric, I you want to buy my limitation business on it? Yeah, I said it's not that like time. it's not so much that I would say like uh, I'm going to go back and poach my old clients back. Mm-mm. But like when you're talking about a business of referrals and it's built on your name yeah. or your, yeah. you, people come to you and then what do you do? Like the, I could see that being a very wise thing to have in place. Well, and yeah. also for me, I'm out there talking to people all the time in my space. Mm-hmm. And there are people who approach me wanting a website, right? So he wanted there to be very clear, like when are they approaching you and you're referring them to one of your students to do like a membership site, right? Or right. when is it considered a care meeting designs referral and it's supposed to come to me? Right. So oh, there was point. a lot yeah. of conversation there about what situations or scenarios in which I can, you know, refer or funnel them to him as part of the contract or 
that I can refer them to somebody else, but also that I wouldn't go out and start my a new web agency, you know, and and turn around and do that. Which yeah, because no they could they could buy the company and then they could decide that they're going to um, implement a new pricing structure. And so, as you've already said, they're buying you, but they're also buying your prices and and your service. And that whole service could change with with somebody else. So. What sort of length of time would you put on a, a non-compete? What do you think is sort of reasonable? So I I don't even remember what we put in ours, actually, because I have no desire of starting a web agency. But there no. was uh, one about our staff. So I couldn't go out mm. and poach our staff back oh, after a certain period of time. And I think depending, like, I think after like a year, or two, it's not about you anymore. It's whether they like working for that person or not, right? So yeah. they've been working for that new agency for a year. It's a terrible experience. They should have a choice to say, I don't want to work for them anymore. And can I come work for you again? So I think it was like one or two years with our staff. Um, I am so happy to see our developer thriving at Johnny Aww. Flash Productions. Because I was so concerned, he had a family, like I wanted to be concerned he would be taken care of. Our virtual assistant was first a nurse. And so she ended up leaving because she was going back into like the medical field Um, and she was raising her kids and now she's working at a hospital. So she ended up leaving for different reasons, but our developer has stayed on, gotten more out, done amazing. It's really cool to see. So, I mean, and I've gone to Johnny Flash Productions and been like, hey, can you do this for me? (laughs) Like I've, I've hired them to do stuff for me. So I hope you get a discount. <laughs> I do. I get a discount. <laughs> the family discount. Yeah. So it's interesting to me too, to hear these, because I know, I know all four of the people involved in these transactions. I, I know. And I know a little bit about your character. I know Josh is a good, decent guy. And Eric, I know him and Christina and John, Johnny too. Like I know all three of you guys are definitely like, you're also spiritual people and like you have um, value a value system and morals. But what if you're going into this with a stranger and you're reliant on them for things like commissions or mm-hmm. stuff like that? Yeah. Like, is there a, is there a protection, a fail safe, a checker? Like, how do you, you know? Yeah. That's a great question because I have seen situations in which this was abused and didn't do really well because I talk to my students all the time. So there's some, bad stories as well as some good stories. I have a story of someone who, uh, who sold their business to work for this bigger company. So they sold their business to this company and they were so proud of the price they got, but the price they got was actually commission based and had lots of fine things in the fine language and he went to work for the company and it was a terrible experience and you know it didn't go so well so um so yeah i I think one thing you can do is what we set up for i mean i trust johnny completely but what we ended up doing was um i had a strike let's see how we did this anytime it was a a zap anytime that there was a transaction from my website, my old website, it put an entry into an Airtable through Zap, looking at what, or yeah, looking at what type of thing it was. So we skipped over care plans because he kind of bought those out, you know, one price, right? So anything other than a care, the Zap looked at anything other than a care plan, it went into a shared Airtable. 
So I could always see when there was something being charged from those clients and it kept it in Stripe. Their credit card was in Stripe. So I could always see, was it additional money that they charged because they went over the care plan time? Was it a new project? Whatever. So for the length of time, our agreement was the shared air table. I could always view if there was a transaction and he would pay me out when the projects were done. And so I could see right then and there what was happening. Um, we sh- I was also, I think I was on the Stripe. I must have been on it. I must have still had access to it as well. So I could have looked at it that way as well. So there's protections that you could do there. Those are the legal protection is why you have a contract because then you can sue um, if you felt that they would. But a lot of this stuff isn't worth dragging the lawyers right. out and going to the courts, right? So you do have to have some level of trust. And that's why I continue to say this is really done well among colleagues and and people you know and people you've worked with before. Oh, I cannot tell you enough. A lot of this buying and selling happens under the idea of people going into business together. Never go into business with anyone unless you have previously worked with them on something. So if you are considering (laughs) that you're going to sell your business to them and then you're going to work under them or you're going to sell your business, whatever it is, find a project. Do the pro do a one-off project with them, do a separate agreement for that, work with them back and forth, project management, the whole thing, and see what that is like before you ever commit to going into business with That's them. That's a top tip right there, you guys. Um, Saved you some money. So right there. we've yeah, we've got a few minutes left. Um I guess let's talk now. If this is something that somebody's interested in, Christine, let's let's share about your course right now. Tell oh, people sure. what it is in case someone's interested. Well, I'll put the link in the chat. Okay. So people were asking John and I questions the second I went public with this, and I said, "Hey, I sold my web agency." Everyone said, "Okay, how much? You know, how did you do it? What's the structure? What did you do?" So John and I took five days a one hour workshop a day. And we talked about everything, prepping your business to sell uh, what he was looking for, what I was looking for, the real time numbers, how, what, where we found value, uh, the actual contract process, uh, what that looked like, the timing of everything, how we, we announced it to clients, how we announced it to our staff, uh, the whole handoff and everything. And we give over the contract, we give over the air table, we give over our, sample email scripts, the whole thing. We just packaged it up and, uh, and it's available on my website under wpcaremarket.com slash training. It's buying or selling a small web agency. So this is, I was telling Steph earlier, I was like, this is very niche. I don't sell a lot because it's very niche, but I created a coupon for anyone listening to this Divi chat of $250 off which brings it all the way down to like the original price, the like early bird sales price, 250 off until the end of the month. So if this is something you're looking to do, and like I said, buy it just for the contract, um, you'll really like it. And I split all the proceeds with Johnny. So he gets, whenever I sell the course, I have it set up that he automatically gets his little payment. So I say little payment, but it's 50-50, so. That's great. Well, thank you That's for awesome. thank offering you. that generous discount. That's a third off, yeah. I think. It's seven forty nine. Oh yeah, it's like seven ninety five. Well, here, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I, I want to say to that real quick, Steph. Even if you're not planning to sell your agency right now, yeah, right now, one of the things yeah. you have to have is you, is you have to consider a succession plan. Um, you know, so. Uh, 
if you own the business, you, you need to have a succession plan and an exit plan. And they're two totally different things. An exit plan is this is how I intend to get out of this one day. You know, this is this is intentional. A succession plan is um, I get hit by a bus tomorrow. Right. Well, what's my wife going to My wife is not going to run this business, you know, and I am not loving my family well if I don't have the business structured where she can get the most stinking amount of money as possible out of it for them. Now, we have life insurance, stuff like that, but most small business owners, and, and I'm in this, 80% right now of our portfolio is in our business. You know, that's 80% of our retirement is is within our business. So I think it's worth taking a course like this to learn how to structure your business. So if something happens, you know, we, so for us, we have what's called key person insurance. And so if something happens to me tomorrow, mom, we have an insurance policy that my wife can use the money to pay a full-time CEO um, there's enough there for 18 months in that policy to cover their salary full time. And then that gives her time to decide what to do with it. She can either keep that person on and they run the business and she takes a quarterly draw as the owner of the business um, or she can sell the business. And if she sells the business six months after I die, which is probably what she would do, anything left in that key person insurance becomes additional life, uh, additional life insurance. That's policy. Nice. Um, so there's, there's, that is all set up and and we have to talk about this once a year like okay if something happens to me you have this letter that says you're allowed to go to the bank and and, right. and take money out of the checking account stuff like that i think taking a course like this structuring your business having your standard operating procedures having all the stuff that um uh christina was just saying this is what gives your business value this is one way you can love your family well it's it's just even if you're not, not planning on selling it, just have it ready in case something happens. Okay. I'm going to make my, bummer, my cat the beneficiary of my key. Bummer person. over. <laughs> yeah, and then someone's got to watch that cat. Very uh, luxe. Put cat. it in a trust. Well, it, to what Eric everything said. Everything in a trust. Everything always goes into a trust, by the way. And to what Eric said, it couldn't even just be you, right? In 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 August, my son had a catastrophic health uh problem and my whole life had to stop. I mean, I, I could not work. I had to be a full-time caregiver for my son. And it was, I mean, it just turned my life upside down. And yes, the state has funds to have you bring someone into the home. Guess how long it took me to get those set up? Six Sometimes. months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, right. So, I mean, if you, if you prepare your business for at any moment that it could be taken over then that gives you the freedom, even in those situations, to have someone come on temporarily. I to call Steph and be like, Steph, I got to take is, care of my son. Can you step yeah. in here just for six months, and mm -hmm. we'll go 50-50 on profit, and then mm -hmm. right. So it was like, you know, we'll but I'll mail him some 3D glasses and some toys. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's what she did. I literally did. So, <laughs> so I mean, you just never really know, and and and. That's being in this world, you know, the law, the older you get, the more situation you hear of, right? It, it, like, I know I'm, you know, I know I'm getting old when I hear these terrible stories about people my age. So, you know, no. it's, it's tough. So we have to be like smart in that way. Exactly what Eric's saying. Guys, I, we have to be grown ups. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah. We have to yeah. adult. adulting. 
This is an adulting episode of Divi Chat. <laughs> it really, it really so is kind of a number, but it's, but it's, it is important. The peace yeah, of mind I, that comes with all yeah. of that. Gosh, yeah, yeah. And like I said, I said death. But even if I'm in a, I'm in a car accident and I spend, you know, mm-hmm. four weeks in the hospital and, and rehab, like. I, you know, what's going to happen to my family's income during, during that time. So having, I, I think the course is, is well worth it. Um, so great. Yeah. So guys go sign up for the course. If you're interested, uh, use that code. I put it all in the, in the chat. It'll be in the show notes as well. Although it is only good till, when did you say the end of the month? The end of March, you know, I had to pick a yeah. date. So yeah, get it, good. you know, while you can. <laughs> get it while it's hot. And if you guys, oh, and my have... book will come out next week. That is true. So I do have to plug that as well. So that'll be really yep. good. Put, what's the link to it again? Because I then she's given away the, the first two chapters. If you sign yeah, therevenuerelationship.com. The revenue relationship. And I'll send fine. you. I'll send you all a signed copy. Oh, I'll take it. Yeah, of course. Oh, worth oh Vicky, Vicky, I like that. And if, oh, if he's yeah. Maybe a new side hustle. Maybe a new side hustle to provide this service, setting up exit plans for agency owners. Uh, I was thinking it. That idea. Eric, oh, Eric, don't give it. Or like, like when I think that, so here's an idea. How much time do we have? Can someone can steal this as idea? Much as you want. Okay. Go, ahead. Yeah. Go for it. So there's a lot of solo agency owners, solo freelancers and everything like that. And they deserve a vacation. They deserve a vacation that's longer than like a long weekend. They deserve like a month away, whatever. If you designed a business like that, right, situations in which you help take over a business for a set period of time, emergency situations or vacation situations or just stepping back because I'm <clears throat> burnt out as hell situations and you set up that, uh, someone's got to do it for web agents, WordPress web agencies. You have a little like you have an onboarding. So you have like a couple months of onboarding to make sure like you know, they're kind of fitting into your box. You're fitting into their box. Have like a team. I just think it's the best. You don't need to I mean, I don't know when the last time you visited the Focus WP website is. Oh, vacation. When someone described the landline, right? When someone described the landline on TikTok, <laughs> that's what I just described. I described Focus WP. Then I- yeah. mm-hmm. yes. Thank you. Oh, so, well, and it's a, it's a good thing. Like, Steph, you know, we, um, when it was I think two years ago, there were some pretty devastating tornadoes in the Midwest, you know, and, and I know both, you know, we had stepped up and said, Hey, if anybody needs, cause there were, there were some, you know, small web agency owners who had no power and their house had been knocked out. Yeah. They just need somebody to, you know, if just to keep a, their clients' websites online, not to take over projects and things like that, but just to do routine maintenance and care. And if somebody, you know, I need to update the hours on my website. Well, my team and I, we can step mm-hmm. in and do that. Um, so yeah. I think there's a service. Um, and that's why I think having something like Focus WP in your back pocket. Steph, I'm going to be pushing that. I'm, I'm so excited to see. I knew what you did like long-term for white labeling. but yeah, no, I don't know anybody else that does this. Service. I started it. No, I that's why it. I said it's a great idea. It's the first I've heard of it. Uh, you have I, great ideas. I'm, I'm a great marketer. <laughs> talk about it a little bit more (laughs) anyway got christina thank you so much for coming guys wasn't that great yeah super informative eric thank you for sharing your story mike me and you we'll just sit here with our own businesses that we've built 
and just keep going until such Back a day. On, that's it. Okay. Yeah, until we go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thanks so much, everybody. Right. We will see you next week. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye. 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 <laughs>